this morning I'm going to share, and it's really a sharing, because for all of us, we are on a journey, and the Lord chastens us, disciplines us, and sancti sanctifies us. So we must all remember that the sanctification that we're going through as Christians is not what we want God to make of us, but what God Himself is going to make of us. And it's His idea and not ours. So this is a journey for all of us as we are um, finding our, our way in the Lord. And for all of us who are in the workplace, in the marketplace, we do have a duty to be witnesses of the one true living God and to show His love and to point to Jesus. So I'd like to share uh, a little about uh, the witness and uh, witness and work and also touch on some of the points that I was asked to enunciate this morning about what would be a good witness of Christians, marketplace Christians or workplace Christians as they do their work. And so let, let me first of all qualify that nothing that I say is meant to be prescript, prescriptive or definitive. We must seek the wisdom of God ourselves through reading His Word and devoting our time to Him, seeking His righteousness and seeking Him. So we do need to do that. And what I may say is something that I've experienced. There is um, an individual sort of dimension to it because our God is a personal God. So all of us have a personal relationship with God. So therefore, there is, while well, there is a thread and a, 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 a commonality of the fact that God is sovereign, God is a holy, righteous, living God. But the situations that we are confronted with are individual. And so we may sometimes see inconsistency some people may ask, why is it that, you know, and I think one of the questions that I'm asked to address later is that if I'm faithful to the Lord, why doesn't He favour me? And yet He favours others who are faithful or may not even be as faithful. And these are questions that we can't answer, actually. These are the questions that only God can and God is sovereign. So I just want to qualify that my observations and what I'm uh, going to share are just really from cult, really from my own experiences and my walk. I think that it is uh, useful to reflect on it for all of you, but seek the wisdom of the Lord from His Word. That's more important. So, um, I'd like to, to talk now about Christians in the workplace and how they can be witnesses as they work. And I think it is important, first of all, that as Christians, we are forgiven people. We must remember that we have been forgiven by the Lord our God and we've sh been shown His love and His mercy. And therefore, a very important part of the witness is to show forgiveness, love, mercy, devotion, grace. Grace may be with a little g, because we can't show truly the grace of God. The grace of God is a capital G, a big, big uh, grace uh, in bold letters. But for us, as Christians and followers of Christ, we can show little graces in the way that we do things and in forgiving others. It's difficult, I know, for many people when they are working, they get very transactional, they get very framed in by uh, legalistic and contractual sort of uh, um, thinking and they become like the Pharisees. Legalism is something that we do not want to see creep in as Christians in the workplace. But yeah, as marketplace Christians, 
we have contracts, we have obligations, and so therefore, we get disappointed when people do not fulfil the end of the bargain, and we find it very hard to forgive. But there is, there is that challenge that is given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, that just as we find it very difficult to forgive, all the more we must be able to forgive, and we must dig deep into the wells and look for the Lord's grace and the Lord to sustain us that we can forgive. So, because we are forgiven people, we must forgive. We must show the love of God in the workplace. And of course, love is multidimensional. There's also the fruits of the Spirit that come in, which is temperance. Because if you show love but you don't show temperance, it cannot truly be loved. So temperance, self-control are compacted in this. So I'm broadly saying love, but in it is so many things. There's mercy, there's grace, there's hope as well. Because as Christians in the workplace, we must also show that we are people of hope. If we don't show that we are people of hope, then we are not showing the way of the Lord because our certainty of hope is always in Lord Jesus Christ. The next very important thing is that as people in the workplace and people particularly in business, we must operate in truth as well as love as I've spoken. Truth is so important and it's a, a sad thing that many people think, and many Christians too, think that in business, little lies are alright, white lies are okay, and that it's all part and parcel of doing business well. And I think once that starts to creep in and starts to flow into the way that we operate, the devil has won. So let us not leave room for the devil to run riot in our lives, and we must uphold truth as we operate as marketplace and workplace Christians. Proverbs 11, 11 tells us that a city is built up by the blessing of the upright, but is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. So lies and rumours and all sorts of slander will destroy the businesses that we are in, that we operate, that we are part of. And it will also destroy our lives. And it's important, and I'm beginning to see that more and more as a father, of uh, children and I wish I had uh, done this earlier because my youngest child, I'm a father of six, my youngest child, she's 18 now and uh, I uh, wished that I never gave her excuses not to go to school and to tell the teacher that oh she's not well when she actually was well. These are little things that we have to start uh, thinking about how we can bring truth into our lives. Because if we don't bring truth into our lives, we can't bring truth into the workplace. And if we don't bring truth into part of our lives in the workplace, we can't bring truth into our lives. So let us not think that in little things we can tell little lies. There are no such things as little lies. A lie is a lie and the devil will want us to think that it's alright to tell white lies. But I remember a few years ago when I was in Perth, I think somebody that was in the panel uh, told a story about how important truth is. And he told a story of how someone took a phone call for his boss and the boss uh, said, tell the person that I'm not in. And the, the, the uh, person that took the call uh, responded to the caller and said, my boss is right here, would you like to speak to him? And the boss was infuriated and said, why did you do that? I just told you to say I'm not in. And so the person, he didn't say he was a Christian or not, the person who was an honest man said, if I can lie for you, I can lie to you. If I can lie for you, I can lie to you. So that's the problem with lies. Once you start that process, it snowballs. So. Truth is so important for all of us in the workplace, in the marketplace. And the next thing is uh, that we as marketplace 
Christians in our workplace? What do we have to do to show that we are followers of the way? And that is discipline. So already, as I've said, we operate in love and truth, but we must also show discipline in the way that we do things and go about our tasks because we are disciples of the Lord. And as disciples, what must be our trait? The discipline of the Lord because we can only be disciples if we are disciplined and we can only be good disciples if we can disciple others by discipline. So a disciple also becomes a discipler and by discipling others with the discipline that we have, whether whatever level that we may be in, it does not matter. One can be at a starting position, at a frontline position, at a lower position, or at a higher level in management, but you have to show that discipline and that is the way that you will bring others to Jesus and point to Jesus because they can see that you have discipline, you have a method, you have a system, you have values, you have principles in the way that you do things. And by doing that, we disciple others and by discipling others, we ensure that there is a continuity of the values and the things that we believe in in our workplace. So whatever you do in uh, Colossians, Paul writes to us and he says that whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So whatever we do as Christian witnesses in the workplace, we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. So we cannot do we cannot take it lightly. We cannot do things as we choose to do, but we must do things as we are called to do. And we must show that discipline. And just think about the situation of COVID right now. Why is Perth free of the infection? Because there's discipline. There must be discipline in uh, Perth. And we find, really, when we pan around the world, the countries that are most in, have the highest rates of infection, the problems are the ones with least discipline. The ones that want to do what they want to do and say, I can do what I want to do, it's my right. And when we think of, uh, when we think like that, that is where the problems begin. But when we are disciplined and we are constrained by the way of the Lord, because we are disciples, then we find that we are on the right path. And what I'm just saying is just uh, uh, an aspect of uh, how things can go wrong, but it's uh, clearly the case. And of course, Singapore is more disciplined, and now we are also uh, getting the, the problem under wraps. And you can see that uh, even New Zealand, they take it very seriously. So there is a sense of discipline, and there is a practice of discipline. But in Brazil, I think anything goes. Um, uh, and in US, there have been so many issues because people just don't care about rules at all. Now, what... Um, so I've talked about... I, I don't want to um, overstate these uh, uh, points. And so I just want to leave you with these three points, which is operating in love, truth, and discipline. Uh, but I want to touch finally on what we should not do in the workplace, which will give a bad witness and taint the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is to be divisive and argumentative. When we are divisive and argumentative, and want to prove a point. And Christians can do that, right? Because legalism can also creep in. Self-righteousness can creep in. Sometimes that holier than thou, you know, that I must be right because, you know, this is the way that uh, I've read it uh, in the Bible, perhaps. Uh, but I think that when we are divisive and argumentative and argusome, we couldn't have read the Bible truly, correctly in the fullness of God's Word. So we need to, we need to go back 
and ask ourselves and reflect on this. Are we divisive in our workplace? Do we give the wrong witness by being divisive, dividing people? And whereas as Christians, we really should want unity. Do we argue about things that don't matter that much? But to us, it is important to win the argument. There are many of us, maybe myself included, that want to win an argument, particularly with my children. But uh, the thing is that sometimes the righteousness of the Lord is the most important. It's actually an act of grace. And it's also receiving grace when you can say, okay, I'm wrong. I think your point is correct. So as witnesses for the Lord in the workplace and as we are working, let us not be argusome and divisive. And Paul tells us this very, very affirmatively in Titus uh, chapter uh, 3. He says that we have to be peaceable and considerate. So this is what I want to leave you with this morning. And I hope you'll be blessed and the Lord's light will guide you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Mr. Ng. Um, I have to say, I love listening to you share because you really share from the heart and experience. So thank you for being so open, even like raising your children. And um, so maybe I might actually not dive into the question, but more of the questions I have in my head. Sure. Just, um, so you talk about having a community around you so that you keep yourself in check, you know, just things like self-righteousness and all these things. So maybe I can ask you, like, who's your community around you that, you know, that, you know, kind of points it out or tells you and um, I guess it's just that as I think when people go high up in organisations and you, you know, you get less or you get a bit protective but you have less people who are willing to point things out to you. So how do you get around that? Yeah. So yes, I am in a privileged but maybe not so privileged position of being very high up, right? Uh, it's an advantage and it can be a disadvantage because as you say quite rightly, Wen, that uh, when you're very high up, then nobody wants to tell you bad news, especially if it's of yourself. And, you know, it's very difficult. But I have a wife, and wives are uh, given that amnesty. And so she will always tell me when I'm wrong. Uh, my children don't do that very much. Maybe my daughter. The 18-year-old. Yeah, the yeah. 18 years old. Uh, because I, either she's preparing to be a wife or she doesn't know any better. But she will, yeah, she will tell me. Uh, the people in my organisation do. But I, I always want to encourage them to have a dialogue. So they will do it in a gingerly manner. They might, they might come up with points. Uh, it is all about your own interaction and how you encourage others and to show that you're open. Mm. to new ideas, to be corrected in a way. And maybe, okay, um, the whole idea of correction in an Asian uh, Chinese context is one of harsh correction, rebuke, and so on. Mm. And we may not want to think of it that way. I think that uh, it is important, as I said, to, to have discipline. And we must not treat the Lord's discipline uh, lightly. And we must also know that God can rebuke us in ways. And we, we do not lose heart. So when there is a correction by others, right? Similarly, we must be open-hearted in that sense and have that grace to accept it. Uh, so we need to be open uh, to show that we are open ourselves in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this also links to a question that came from FCC. So before this event, um, the young adults pastor there um, gave a set of questions and I think it links to this one and we were talking about it um, slightly earlier as well. So um, as Christians, how should we respond to unethical behaviour in the workplace, especially if they originate from upper management? <laughs> 
<laughs> so we were having a yeah. bit of laugh before because I'm like, he is upper management. And so we kind of like talked about how do you deal with that as well. So it's kind of linked as well. But yes. maybe let's talk from an organisational perspective like a work in your work. Right. So Stelling Wern and uh, yeah, we did, did have a good laugh about it. Um, and even in, at Far East, in Singapore, as we try uh, what we, we have set out to be, to be a Christian enterprise named for the Lord, and we take seriously our responsibility to do this because we must reflect the light of the Lord properly and we don't want to stumble others because as Christians, we don't want to stumble other Christians. So it is important for us that we can show that we are ethical. But I must say this, that uh, from time to time, we can slip up. Because while we want to be ethical, but as we go down the chain of command, let's say, you do have people that may not be as well uh, trained or may not fully embrace the values that we speak of, the values of the Lord Jesus Christ. And down the line, they may sometimes uh, rebuff the customers when they are perfectly entitled to uh, getting a recourse or seeking a recourse. And it has happened. And when it is pointed out to us, then we have to correct, we have to apologise, and we have to do the right things. And it can happen. So if there are elements of uh, unethical behaviour in the organisation, wherever it comes from, as Christians, we do need to point it out and to operate, as I said, in love and truth. So pointing out the unethical behaviour, if it does happen, is uh, necessary, but we have to do it with love and with gentility and with uh, a way, in, in a way that is acceptable, right? We don't do it by sending emails all over the place or with threats and uh, posting a blog or you know doing it open doors that kind of thing that would be very unpleasant yeah. that's one thing but I think it's important because as Christian witnesses uh, and, and Christians who want to witness for the Lord we have to operate in love and truth and so we have to always uphold the truth and we have to do it with love it's not easy I know but it is important for us because I would certainly welcome that I would welcome if people that found that there were things that went wrong or things that go wrong in our organisation, they tell me, or they, tell, they don't have, even have to tell me, but they can tell their superiors or their colleagues that, hey, let's uh, fix this because it doesn't seem correct. We want to be ethical, but yet we may be doing something that is not uh, correct, you know, like for example, mislabeling, we run restaurants, so if we say that this uh, fish comes from Australia, but it comes from Malaysia, then that's not ethical, that needs to be corrected. Not to say that that actually uh, is such a situation, <laughs> but uh, if it does happen, we have to, we, our people must uh, point it out, and I hope that, you know, as Christians in the workplace that we all do this, that we also point out the, the uh, errors uh, that may be found. But finally, I would also say this, that there may be a break point where if a company that you're in uh, does not, because you know the, the higher level management clearly find that unethical behaviour is the way to go. And there are companies like that, right? There are, there are companies and the, work, the workplace, the marketplace is, is uh, diverse. So there may be some companies that feel that by being unethical, we can get an advantage over our competitors. You will have to make that decision for yourself. Seek the Lord's wisdom because this company may not be right for you. But if you can change it, then you should continue, but it's very uh, specific and personal. You need to seek the Lord's wisdom, but always be prepared to leave a company that, uh, that you feel uncomfortable with and that you have no peace. Because if you don't have peace, what is the point 
of working hard and so-called slaving for that company. The peace of God is the most important. Yeah. You've um, actually answered a lot of the questions without me asking it. So oh. you, you, you've just answered the how can we be good Christian witnesses in our workplace or even industry if it's a negative or toxic culture. So right. you've, you've ad addressed that. So thank you for that. Um, I think people like, um, I think one of the most popular questions here is um, having examples. So um, I guess on this, yeah, were you going to say something? Oh, sorry. I heard nope. something. <laughs> Sorry, just a burp. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, can you share some examples on what FEO has been doing internally to be a witness for Christ? So is there anything that you guys, um, like kind of as a very open Christian organization, um, I would think that may be slightly different to maybe other organizations. So do you mind sharing? Sure. Okay, we, we are still in our early stages of our journey and we know that uh, only about 20% of our workforce are Christians. Uh, and of that 20%, not all are active. Not all are active and not all uh, embrace what we're doing wholeheartedly. So the first thing that we have to do is really to build unity mm. among the body of Christ and to get them more active. And we also want to build unity in the organization through the sharing of values and through the uh, sharing of the gospel stories and the gospel principles and just the Word of God so that people are comfortable about hearing the Word of God because, you know, the Word of God is spirit and it will not return empty. So we really release it in the workplace and we want our people to therefore um, be open to it. Um, I, I, I want to say culturized, but I think that's not a very good word. But, mm. but the fact that people are uh, exposed to it and some may be immersed in it. And uh, we, we have to do many programs. So we have a chaplaincy. Yeah. Yep. So our chaplain, our, our um, chaplain now, he's, he's very active and he's reaching out. He also does a little bit of counselling. Mm. And uh, then we co do communication sessions. We can always do more, but uh, um, it is a balance between what people are doing in their uh, work uh, assignments and how they can find time to do a little bit of it. But we just want to encourage and then we also do things which are external to Far East that show that we are Christian enterprise. We support ministries, we support uh, missions, we do things uh, to share the love of God uh, in the community. Mm -hmm. And we want to get our people involved in such programs so that they can see that a Christian life is a very full life. And we hope to also bring uh, people on board that who may not be Christians and they can see that there is a difference because uh, when we say that we are Christian enterprise, we operate differently from non-Christian enterprises. Yeah. If they, our employees, do not see that there is a difference, then we are yeah. not fulfilling our mission. So it's very, very important that our HR, uh, our uh, HR practices also differ and the benefits and the things that we accord our staff and how we treat them, how we communicate to them, we show that. So, you know, we, we have to make, uh, continue to make ourselves uh, different and mm. setting ourselves apart yeah. uh, where we can. Yeah. But it's a journey and yeah. we are, it's early days. Yeah. I like that you, when you first started sharing, you talked about we're all a work in progress. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, as a believer, the bar's very high. So, you know, um, and, and we do stumble. And I also like that you said that we are forgiven people. Yes. And so I think that it just really emphasizes this grace that we need to have towards each other, towards our bosses, towards management, because no one's perfect. Right. But, I, and I really love that, that it's a continuing kind of, um, like, pilgrimage or journey to become yes. Christ-like yes. more and more every day. Yes. So thank you for that. And I love your term, little grace. 
I, I, I don't I think that's gonna stick with me. So maybe can you share like how does that apply to you, like a little grace every day? Um, and situations where you do have to, um, where you show grace in, in a work mm. context? So I think little graces are like thanking people, saying hello to them. And, you know, I think we're all very busy people. And sometimes we take a lift up. Uh, for me, in, a, uh, in the workplace, we have a... Uh, we have to take a lift from the ground floor to the sixth floor and sometimes my colleagues come into the uh, lift with me and maybe it's typical Singaporean maybe in Australia there's a bit of back slapping and so on uh, <laughs> and you break out into some humor <laughs> elevator humor but uh, in Singapore people kind of like look away and so yeah, I think a little uh, sort of grace mm. would be, I, I, I'm not uh, trying to uh, <laughs> elevate myself in a lift, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just uh, saying that a little grace is to, to just turn around and say, oh, hello, yeah. and uh, how you're doing, and that's it. I mean, you're not going to have a very long conversation mm. in, the, in the lift, but just to let them know that, hey, I'm approachable, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not the burning bush, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm approachable, and yeah, and uh, and of course, um, just to show courtesy and politeness, and to thank people. I think we don't thank people enough. We don't thank people enough. We should always start our day thanking the Lord, mm. and through the day, thanking people, and at the end of the day, thanking Lord again, yeah. thanking the Lord. So we, we don't thank people enough. So these are little graces that we can do. And it could be little things that you, say, you help your colleagues with. Uh, sometimes, yeah, and I think that we, we're all very busy people, so we don't have time to listen. Yeah. And uh, that's what I find about myself. And in fact, because I, uh, yeah, I personally feel a little uncomfortable listening to stories uh, because first I'm afraid of emotional outbursts by people. So I'm not going to cry right now. <laughs> and the other thing is that because when I was uh, younger, uh, I, I had two friends that uh, had a failing relationship and I was dumb enough to listen to both of them. And at the end of the, when they finally broke up, both were angry with me. So that kind of scarred me a little so I'm actually quite uh, averse to listening to such stories, but I feel that 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 shouldn't be, you know, something that I should be so averse to. Not to say that I'm going to be agony aunt straight away, <laughs> but the point is that that I think that sometimes people need that listening ear. Mm. They need that listening ear, and if if we can listen to them and just spend a little time with them a coffee or whatever, I think it would do so much for them. These are the little graces yeah. that we can do. I mean, you know, in the workplace as well. Yes. Yeah. I think it is true. Um, I mean, coming from Perth and um, I, I guess when maybe not so busy, I mean, you can be as busy as you want to anywhere you live in the world. Right. Um, but I do find being here in Singapore and to all the Singaporeans that are listening in, it's really busy. And um, you find less time to be able to show grace because your schedule is so packed that there's no chance to even say hello or how are you doing, um, to be kind, to go out of the way for someone. Um, so I think it is true. So how do you, on a practical level, build in those kind of moments for grace? Like how do you, is it something that intentional or is it something that you're working on to kind mm. of foster even a greater you know, space in your life to show yeah. the little graces? Yeah. So it's, it's something that we all have to struggle with because some of us are good at it and are natural at it because we love people and we love to be among them and we just want to show that kindness and we have the fruits of the Spirit. For me, I have to develop it. I have to work on it because uh, maybe for a long time I've kind of like withdrawn and there's a hardening mm. because, you know, I feel that, hey, uh, I've got to be a bit more detached. Otherwise, if I open myself, there'll be no uh, time for anything. But as I get 
now that I'm older and I have a bit more time and I reflect on it, I think we can show graces anytime. Whether we're in a restaurant, we're walking on the street, whatever it is, or people asking for directions, uh, people driving, and yeah, I think as, as drivers, we can show courtesy and so on. So we can show graces all the time. Uh, for me, I just want to be able to show that and point to Jesus. That's mm. the, the, the thing that, uh, yeah, and I think that you have to have that peace in your heart to be able to do that and to ask the Lord to sustain you every day. So it starts in the morning, yeah. giving thanks, as I said, to the Lord, devoting your time to the Lord, and then it will just carry you through. But it needs to be for some people uh, to answer your question. It needs to be developed, and you need to actually draw the, from the well. Mm, yeah. Yes. I think I'm starting, like you said, starting your day from just being thankful it's everything then flows out of heart of gratitude yes. and you yeah it's, and then I, I guess it may become more natural where you come from that position as opposed to a position of the struggling because I, I guess it's hard to show grace when you feel like you're at your end you know like you don't really have much in you to be like so you know you've had a bad day at work this is going wrong that's going wrong and you're not in that kind of mode of right, just being right. thankful yeah. um, then it is really really hard um, there's an interesting question here from Jordan Isaac. Can you talk about humility? How do you remain humble even as you progress in life and have many successes? How do you remain humble? Mm. I guess you said your wife yeah. before. We will <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, we have to remain humble because humility is something that the Lord and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking through the prophets and the apostles tell us to be humble whether it is uh, St. Peter or, or St. Paul or St. John I think if we read the New Testament humility is important and Jesus tells us as well that we have to be hu uh, humble uh, well, and be innocent as, as the little children um, so that we can receive the Lord's uh, favour and receive the Lord. So if we are not humble and we think that uh, we are self-sufficient, then we cannot truly rely on the Lord our God and trust in God and obey. So humility is, uh, is, is a very important part of ourselves that we do need to develop and, and think about, you know, that we must uh, be humble enough to receive mm. and want the Lord's favour and the Lord's grace. And if you are proud, and, and in Proverbs, in the Psalms, it always talks about pride and prideness, uh, pridefulness, uh, being proud as opposed to humble. And God opposes the proud, right? Mm -hmm. So. I think it's, it's something for us to keep on reflecting and uh, no matter what it is, we must have that humility even if you are one day maybe blessed by the Lord, chosen by the Lord to be in the position of King Solomon, for example. There still has to be that humility of heart. And I'm sure if we read the Kings and Chronicles and you see that some pride also crept into King Solomon. And you read Ecclesiastes, mm -hmm. um, his uh, musings and his, his ponderings about his life. And at the end of the day, he goes back to the Lord because there are so many things that he wanted to do and thinking that he was already quite self-sufficient. So undoubtedly, he was very wise, but he also... Uh, transgressed in a way or, or, or fell so, so, so to speak from grace mm. for, a, for a moment in his life yeah. but he came back and so when we lose that humility then we will lose our relationship with the Lord yeah I think on another virtue that you mentioned before um, discipline so I mean discipline is tough I mean no one 
I mean, unless you're born that way, um, even for me, I was quite ill-disciplined as a young person. Like, you know, I hated tidying my room. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of all over the shop. And then over time, you know, I learned the benefits of discipline. So it is tough uh, for some people who are not wired that way. Mm. Um, but even getting disciplined as well. Um, so the question is, hi, uh, from Jesse Tan. Hi, discipline is tough, even within uh, the church. Many leaders um, and even many in the marketplace, oh no, the question cut off. Maybe oh. I'll rephrase this. Um, mm. How do you develop, are you naturally a disciplined person and, or how did you kind of develop this discipline in your work, in, you know, in your faith journey? Because um, you know, you mentioned reading the word a lot. Um, like how do you do this practically? Yeah, so practically speaking, I am not a very, very disciplined person, but I'm not uh, very bad either. So I, maybe I'm kind of like in the middle. I am also prone to excesses and, you know, throwing rules out of the window, that kind of thing. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't have uh, weight problems. <laughs> but but uh, the thing is that uh, I realize as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ that to be his disciple there must be discipline and so there must be a disciplining of yourself, your schedule, of your purposes uh, in him, seeking him and by the grace of God all this will just come you know bit by bit and mm. you are renewed in your mind and then there is a so-called transformation. Um, so we need to find time, as disciplined people, we need to find time first and foremost for our devotion to the Lord and to be nourished by the Word. And then we, ha we will, uh, in, in the process, also discipline ourselves to do things in the workplace, in our work, in our daily lives as well. So I, I can just say, uh, practically speaking, that it will happen. You just have to make that first step. And the first step is remembering that we are disciples of the Lord. And therefore, being disciples of the Lord, there, is, there must be discipline. We cannot truthfully say that mm. we are disciples of the Lord if we are in discipline. It, yeah. it's, it, to me, it would be very difficult uh, in this, um, yeah, uh, in this world, in this modern world, even that you can have indisciplined disciples. Yeah, yeah, it's it's oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally conflicting and yeah. contradictory. So uh, we are not talking about uh, monk-like discipline, mm. you know. Uh, yeah. But but I think that. There has to be discipline to be good witnesses. Mm. And it will be evident also to the people in the workplace, your colleagues, your employers, or even your employees if you're, you know, if you are a disciplined boss, manager, or a disciplined worker, right? You actually are witnessing for the Lord. You're pointing to Jesus. Yeah. So on that about witnessing in yeah. the workplace, there's a couple of questions that are quite similar. Um, oh, let me just have a look. Okay. Uh, just about like, how do you balance? Oh, hold on. Um, it, I guess there was one about in, a, in Singapore and I guess in most places where there's multi-religion. Yeah. How do you then kind of balance that uh, as in your organization and sharing, but yet loving? Do you yes. know what I mean? Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, that's a, a very good question uh, because we have uh, laws even in Singapore mm. about uh, evangelizing and proselytizing. So we have to do it in a way that allows us this uh, the freedom to be ourselves as a Christian enterprise and yet uh, not uh, railroad people, uh, so to speak. Mm. And we do have a lot of Muslims. But because we have come out openly to say we are, we are a Christian enterprise. Yeah. Therefore, our employees know that they are working for a Christian enterprise. And just like, and really our model here, or our point of reference is really like the Christian schools. Because I went to a Christian school. Mm. 
and I did not really meet, uh, maybe I briefly encountered Jesus when I was in my Christian, uh, in the Christian school that I was in. Um, and it was much later that I met him and got to know him. But in um, our school, we had people of different religions, Muslims, Sikhs, mm. Hindus, Jews, Buddhists. So yet it's a Christian school. And they came because they believe in the education. They believe in the values of the school. And what is so remarkable is that many of my friends, okay, not many, some of my friends, who were from different religions are now Christians. Mm. Yes, it's amazing for this school. You wouldn't believe it if you went to this school this Christian school, okay, I can't say the <laughs> name, but I think any, most people know. But, uh, but they are now Christians, and mm. so this, the, the, this, the seed, the sower mm. of the seed, the Lord, our God, sows the seed when they're there. Rebellious 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, whatever it is, right yeah. up to 18, and then now, you know, there is this... Uh, uh, harvest that he had um, and they were Sikhs, they were Hindus, they were even Jains. Mm. I don't know about Muslims, Buddhists yeah. and today they are Christians. So I, I think that uh, part of our journey is to just share the word of the Lord and let the Lord um, sow and reap and we are just there to uh, be, I, I can't say facilitators, but we are just there to help the Lord. And so that's, that's um, part of our, our calling as yeah. a Christian enterprise. There is a ministry aspect mm. to it, but we can share openly, even though it's a multi-religious, because we have come out to say that we are a Christian enterprise. Mm. And uh, as I said, you know, our point of reference is a Christian school. Yeah. So that's uh, how it is. Yeah. And this is sowing the seeds, but also through our actions. Right. That can really see the love of God in there. Yeah. yeah. And that's very important. Mm. Is th can I touch on something? Of course. Uh, Go when, ahead. Because I, I want to just uh, share about the fact that, um, and this is, you know, besides the th the three very important aspects of operating in love, truth and discipline in the workplace. But I would like to just touch very quickly on the idea of stewardship mm. and having a stewardship mentality. And uh, there are seven parables, I think, of stewardship in the Gospels. Um, one of them is the the parable of the talents. So the other six, you know, I would like, I hope that some of you will try and read the Gospels to identify the other six. Uh, okay, I'll give another hint. The, the second is workers uh, in the vineyard. That's also a parable of stewardship. But the parable of the talents is a very profound uh, parable and it's worth reading and rereading and reflecting and one of the things that we should reflect on is that a stewardship mentality is one where we must expect the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are alert and we await His return because when we await His return and we know that there will be a final accounting that will shape our behaviour mm. and bring us closer to Him and the walk. And so you see in the parable of the talents, the two stewards that produced a return, they were expecting his, 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 the Lord to come back. Mm. So they produced a return for the return of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the third steward that didn't produce a return, just gave the Lord back mm. that talent. He was actually uh, rather 
maybe disbelieving yeah. in a way. I mean, reading between the lines in a sense, that he was disbelieving because he thought maybe the Lord may not return. So I'll just bury it. If he returns, I give it back to him. If he doesn't return, maybe you know, in a few years, I would just spend it or whatever it is. And so that's why the Lord in that story was so upset with him. It's disbelief, unbelief, and not expecting the return of the Lord. So it's very important for stewards, mm. that stewardship mentality, to have this, to have this. It's not about heaven. Heaven is the final destination. But before heaven is the return of the Lord. Whether we are here or not, right, we will be back again mm. in our resurrected selves yeah. for the return of the Lord. And that's an important aspect because the accounting will be on earth. The accounting. So stewardship has to have that mentality that the Lord will return and there will be an accounting. Mm. And I think that we need to think about that as we um, consider how we can be good witnesses for the Lord in the workplace. Yeah. And in that sense, it's about being accountable to God. And I think it's also like, you know, sometimes people are like, you know, I'm really busy in my career and I'll serve the Lord later mm. or I will um, do this and that later. I'll, yeah. you know, whether it's go on a mission trip or, you know, tidy up my affairs and all that. But I guess like kind of what you're kind of saying is that it's a now, it's every moment. We are not just stewarding our resources, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of money, yeah. but our time as yes. well. And it's all-encompassing. So being a good witness, it's everything. It's stewardship in every area of our life and not parking that and thinking that we're invisible. Right. Like, you know, it's never going to happen yeah. um, and we just live our life and then yeah. we try and make amends later on. Yeah, um, yeah that's a really, really good reminder. Um, now, I think there's probably a lot of new uh, graduates and young people listening today as well. Yes. And um, being in the job market and you know how the economy is going as well. Um, there's a question here that says, you know, what traits or characteristics do you look for when engaging new business partners, partnerships, or I guess even in hiring mm. new staff? You know, what are the really um, good characteristics that you're after? Okay, so I, when the, um, uh, because we do a recruitment according to levels mm. of management, and so I don't really see all the applications, but my group HR executive director, she is a Christian, and so as a Christian enterprise, we've already kind of worked into our own uh, operating framework, what would be the sort of traits and characteristics and clearly, uh, we would be open in Singapore to Christians and non-Christians alike. And that is, is a statement that we make that uh, we, want, we, as we seek to uh, be a community of love for Christians and non-Christians alike. Because it is very important for us to have Christian leadership, but it is not... Uh, the ultimate thing just to have Christians work in this. It's not, first of all, I don't think we could do it uh, as an enterprise in Singapore mm. because we are only 20% of the population. But of course, we hope we will grow yeah. uh, as Christians. But what is more important that when non-Christians come in, it is actually an opportunity for us to also share the word of the Lord. And as I said, there is a ministry aspect. So if, if we have non-Christians come in, we can truly share the word. And we do hope that uh, through what our chaplain is doing and what the other Christians are doing, Alpha courses and so on, mm. to see that some come to the, to the Lord and come to faith. Uh, so I would first uh, of all say that we welcome both Christians and non-Christians. Number two is that the value systems must be right. Whether they're Christians or non-Christians, mm. the values must be right. And that's where the, in the interview, we can, we can ascertain whether their values are aligned with us. So when we talk about the quality of our people and the quality of leadership, we don't, we don't talk so much about 
whether they are Christians or non-Christians, but whether their values are aligned with us. Because Christians may not be aligned with us sometimes. Some Christians prefer that we are not Christian enterprise. It's actually easier, they mm. feel, to leave uh, Christ outside the door and to be themselves in the workplace and to shout and to scream. So there are, uh, there will be anywhere in the world unaligned Christians. Mm. Of course, then we have to work on them because then they become a bad witness. But it is so uh, fulfilling to see that they are non-Christians that uh, are aligned with us and start to see that uh, the Word of God is an eternal truth and there's so much in it and that they start to be interested. I mean, that is what will give me great satisfaction mm. to see that when they come in, uh, they start to search. And we have had people like that Amazing, at yeah. Far East. And that encourages me because it's not like you're getting hundreds of people every year, yeah. but just one or two or three and their stories surface, it gives me so much encouragement. Yeah, seeing life transformed. Yeah. Yep. So the values must be aligned. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's really. And maybe on the values, like over the years, you would you would have worked with a lot of people, um, and the best people, let's say, that you've had on, like, what's probably maybe two values that you really um, you you see that you know that provides you that comfort of having you know the best team members. What what would they be, like two best values? Two best values. Like, uh, could it be transparency, honesty, yeah. or you know? Um, I would say. Um, well, I talked about love, truth, and discipline yeah. already, right? So those are clearly mm. important. But um, patience. Patience, yeah. Yeah, patience and compassion. Mm. But th that's all part of love yes. already. But yeah, those are the values. Uh, uh, compassion. Uh, and I think that we need to have that. We need to have patience in the way that we do uh, business. But yet, at the same time, you know, managers will say, or leaders will say, you have to be impatient for results. Uh, there are, sometimes there are little areas of conflict. I think one has to be patient with people. Mm. One has to be patient with uh, how to deal with situations. But you can have uh, a sense of urgency. Yeah. So it's not just, it's, yeah, impatient is not, maybe not a good thing. But you can have patience and you can have that sense of urgency. Yeah. So yeah, those are the things that... So that's yeah. kind of linked into this question from uh, James Ng. How do Far East organisation maintain an ethical practice in a competitive market environment? Mm. Um, so I guess that's another value that we're talking about. Yeah, so the first thing that we have to uh, think about is that this is a journey of obedience, it's a walk of faith. And when you undertake something like this, you have something may have to give and you have to be fully accepting of it that there is a cost of discipleship. Mm -hmm. There's a cost of discipleship. You have to do the calculation, as Jesus says, that if you are going to war, you have to do your calculation as a ruler. If you're going to build a tower, you have to count the cost of having to complete it because if you don't complete it, then you will be mocked in a way and that would not be a good uh, statement for the Lord. So you have to accept that there is a cost and we're going to be less competitive. We've accepted that. We've already accepted the fact that we're going to be less competitive. We've mm. accepted the fact that we're not going to be as profitable. But as a Christian enterprise, what is it that we're after? We are after, as an enterprise, profit. But do we have to make every single dollar? The answer is no. Mm. Because if you make every single dollar, then something must give. And so it's a starting point. Yeah. So we, we know that we may not be the most competitive. We know that we may not be the most profitable, but that's fine because it's a journey for us and we want to 
trust, obey uh, the Lord and mm. honour Him. And uh, as long as we are profitable, because you still... Correct. Sustainability. Need, yeah, you need to sustainability. Sustain. Yeah. So that's really it. I mean, it's... it's uh, I'm not saying that being unethical uh, will mean that you're more profitable. Um, I'm not saying that either, but, but yeah. But I'm just saying that uh, when we when we decide mm. to walk this walk with the Lord, right? You have to accept because of our group HR practices. You have to look after the people more, especially the lower level frontliners. So the 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 compensation that we give would be by and large, more than the average in the marketplace. So it's, it's something that we, we have set out to do and uh, it's all part and parcel of the uh, being a Christian enterprise. Mm. You can't be a Christian enterprise and pay your people you know, yep. much less or below market and exploit them, right? Yes. You can't. You, so, so there are already things that you cannot do as a Christian enterprise and which means that uh, we operate in a different model. Mm. But of course, we must, as an enterprise, still want to be profitable for sustainability yeah. at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, again, we leave it to the Lord. There may be projects, there may be things that we do, they may be unprofitable. Uh, we just have to, to accept that certain projects are unprofitable, they're one-offs. Mm. If there are businesses that are not profitable, we have to we have to ask ourselves, is it something that we are called to continue to do? Yeah. Or is it something that we don't have to do? Mm. And we have to find uh, a way either to uh, sell off that business or to, to change it into something Pivot, else. Yeah. Yeah. I like that it's about um, knowing your vision and why the organisation exists and then it cascades through how you do it. So yeah, and it's really about people for you. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, there's one here that's really popular. Does being a good Christian witness in the workplace mean we have to be nice always, even if it means being a pushover? <laughs> uh, okay, nice. I, as I said, we have to operate in love and truth and discipline. So if operating in love and truth means that you're nice, then uh, it means, yes, you should as a Christian, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, sometimes nice is, nice is a nice word, but it's a bit nebulous. So when you want to operate truly as a disciple of the Lord, right, you think about love and truth. And sometimes you have to be firm because truth is not uh, jelly, right? It's not jello. Uh, and love sometimes, um, I'm not talking about harsh love and, and, and uh, hard love or uh, tough love, um, but you know, truth and love must come together only in the Lord. And I think you need the wisdom of the Lord to guide you, how it, you can have the two interwoven. Because sometimes you think, hey, you know, loving a person means that I tell that person uh, something that's not totally true. I mean, I say, hey, actually your work is quite good when the work is very bad. <laughs> Now, that is not telling the person in love or truth, you know, yeah. really, because you're doing that person in. And so as managers, when we do an assessment of our people and we want to operate in love and truth, we actually have to tell ourselves, let us tell that person sincerely. Mm. You, And perhaps there are ways to do it, which is that we talk about the good points first, mm. You know, you read uh, management books, they give you a lot of... Uh, like the sandwich uh, approach. Yeah, yeah. so you, 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 you say, oh, nice. this is what you're good at. Yeah. Maybe it's a very short list. <laughs> and then this is what you're very bad at. And you give a long list, but then you sort of cushion. Uh, and uh, so, but you have to tell the truth mm. because otherwise you're not giving that person a fair shake. And if the person leaves, then... Yeah. Yeah. And we have managers... Because managing is not an easy task and they generally want to rate their people as average or good. Mm. And we have situations where 
people are rated sometimes average good for a long, long time. And after about maybe five, six years, the, the yeah. manager says that this person is not doing the job. Mm. Then we look at the record and say, hey, how come? For five, six years, the rating has been uh, average or good. And, and so that means this person is a decent worker. How, how is it that, you know? And so the, the managers will, many, it has happened too often, sheepishly say that I just wanted to uh, maintain a kind of uh, peace. Mm. Yeah, but that's not the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. So, so it's an I, artificial peace that yeah, has been created. A, yeah, yeah, peace for yourself, maybe <laughs> not for others, you know. So, so I think that uh, we have to operate in love and truth sincerely, mm. sincerely, and we got to to pray for the Lord's wisdom as to how to guide us, and uh, so it doesn't mean that uh, we will be pushovers. I think that we should. Uh, should just uh, be sincere. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I, um, we've got about a minute left. Is there anything you'd like to say at all? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I want to just give hope to uh, the young people. Mm -hmm. This is a very difficult situation right now, and our Lord has willed it to happen. He's sovereign. And we have to trust and obey in Him. There is hope always in the Lord. Uh, I, I would say that if we look at the world events right now, there are vaccines that are already being developed, uh, have been, are under development. And the newest development uh, of Russia announcing that they are ready with the vaccine has been approved will put pressure, whether or not we believe that, you know, Russia has a good vaccine is not the point. The point is that there's pressure on the rest of the world because a lot of the protocols that are in place are uh, put in because of the, our experiences with public health and so on. And maybe some of the protocols are stricter than what they could be in an emergency mm. like this. You know, everything is man-made. I mean, if you look back a uh, uh, hundred years ago, if uh, you had a pandemic like this and there's a vaccine available, I think it'd be administered within uh, weeks. Mm. But now it's different, you see, because over time, right, you've, you've put in all these safeguards and so on, and sometimes there is a bit of self-interest yeah. in all this protectiveness. Yeah. So I, I would just say that there is clearly light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope. Uh, do not uh, despair. Do not give in to fear. Mm. Seek the Lord with all your heart and uh, use your time fruitfully during this period. It may take you a little longer to find the job that you want, but use your time mm. fruitfully. So with that, I just want to say that the Lord bless you and keep you.